Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Okay, good to have you tuning in tonight. Blue Jays trailing the Yankees. 2-0. That is uh, going into the fifth inning. Basketball tonight. Western Conference Finals starting between the Lakers and the Nuggets. A couple of uh, lower seats doing well in the NBA playoffs this year. Number eight, Miami in the East is going to play number two, Boston. And uh, the Lakers, the number seven seed in the Western Conference. They're taking on Denver, who was number number one. Uh, no NHL to keep you updated on tonight. The uh, East final starts in a couple of days. 780-496-0063. Uh, got a message here from Hayden. He says, hey, Reed, let's face it. The Oilers are just a bad defensive team. Their improvement in the overall standings is the product of two-star players, an amazing power play, and at times, hot goaltending. They just are sloppy at covering and don't play hard enough in their own end. That's pretty much what Matthias Ekholm said. They will be out in the second round every year for a while unless they somehow improve defensively. That is from Hayden. Uh, not sure that... Matias Ekholm was quite that harsh, Hayden. But yes, he he did say we can't outscore our mistakes. Of, and he and other guys touched on we can't beat ourselves. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they that is still the Achilles heel of the team. Um, I, I mean, yes, they could have used some other guys scoring in the second round. They, they could have used some stops, which is tied into the goals against and the defending. But there, there are also times they're making their goaltenders face a lot of tough saves or are leaving guys in the open or giving up odd man rushes or things like that. Now, they cleaned it up in long stretches in the season. I, I mean, I would argue, really, like we've often said, that that's second half of the year was pretty darn good in a lot of ways. I wouldn't say all the success was just on scoring goals. You know, they, I mean, heck, they went into Boston. They, they didn't they win a th- game 3-2, coming back from 2 nothing down? Uh, but still, what were they, 17th or 18th in goals against this year? So that ha- that has to improve. I mean, you'd like to be certainly a top-10 team going into the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, I understand what you're saying, Hayden. I th- think you might be... Uh, a little harsh there, but uh, I think you're in the right ballpark for sure. Walter says the Oilers had their B game pretty much the entire series against Vegas and still had a great chance of advancing. That is from Walter. Um, probably had their B game more often than not. Might have had their C game at some point. A couple of points. Did they have a great chance? I don't know. Well, I mean, they were 2-2 after 2, but then... Vegas was the better team in, in games five and six for sure. Kellen, 780-496-0063. What's coming into you? Mm-hmm. All right. We'll go to the combine because Norm is Norm in Norm in one. a combine. There we go. <laughs> in an actual combine. Not a draft combine, although we've, we've never clarified that, but we'll see. Norm could be in a permanent state of being in the uh, the combine. I think he'd want to play in the CFL, though. Yeah, the CFL combine, obviously. Maybe he's got, like, the fastest, what is it, the the, the fastest 60, they call? They call? What's the... What's the uh, well, they, I think they do the 40-yard dash. The 40-yard yeah, dash. I think it's there the 40. Yeah. Fastest 40? There we go. But anyway, Reed, he says, uh, Reed, I'm taking the Panthers also. Didn't we need to trade for Matthew to Chuck? That's from uh, Norman and Combine. <laughs> well, that would be quite the scene to have Matthew Kachuk as an Edmonton. It could have happened back at the draft. Imagine if they'd taken Matthew Kachuk instead of Yessi Pugliarvi. Wow. Now, they may not have 
they probably wouldn't have both Kane and Hyman if that happened. Mm. He's a great player. Not mm-hmm. a popular player, but a great player. Oilers fans probably like him more now that he's with the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of the Panthers, Colton texts in. Hello, Colton. It says, hey, Reed, I would love nothing more but to see the Oilers get more gritty, dirty, and greasier in the offseason. Isn't Sam Bennett a free agent this summer? Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I, I am not sure. I will quickly double check. Um, you're probably right. Sam Bennett, a he's got that element. And he's done pretty well in Florida. When is his contract up? Sam Bennett is a rest- unrestricted free agent after next season. Mm, okay. No, pardon me, and not for not for the two seasons, Colton. Now, unless Colton has time traveled back from 2025, um, yeah. So Sam Bennett uh, has two years left on his contract after this one at 4.4 million dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, I don't I don't think the Oilers are a soft team. I, I think the whole narrative of them being this kind of uh, you know, wimpy team that never pushes back and never shows any initiative. I, I do think that's a thing of the past. Uh, I mean, it, it, look, we know they added Evander Kane. We know they added Ekholm. Hyman can play a heavy game. He's not a fighter. You know, Bukestad came in and used his size well. They're they're not a bunch of shrinking violets. They they can be bullies out there on the ice. My suggestion is when they go against another top team like Vegas, though. Could have they used a little more of that? Whatever word you want to use for it. Grit, gamesmanship, cheekiness, dirty sometimes, right? Actually being willing to cross the line. Yeah, that, that, that's fair. Were they just quite hard enough to play against the Vegas Knights? Yeah, probably not on the whole, but I, I do think that they have... Th- Some of it was that they just didn't play to their potential, like we've been talking about, and... Dave, there are probably going to be some roster tweaks here along the way. Maybe that's the, the type of player or two that they need. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll go to Ricky next on a text line. He says, hey, hi, Reed. Uh, the Oilers will win the cup when the players value stopping goals as much as scoring goals. Another trait needed is hating to lose more than loving to win. That's from Ricky. I like how he puts that. Yeah, what's what's the stronger emotion? And I've asked athletes this in the past. What's the stronger emotion? The how the the sting of losing or the joy of victory? And most of them have said the sting of losing. I do think they hate to lose. I, and again, I talked about how they were today. The guys who spoke, and, and you heard Drysital after the game a couple of days ago. I mean, he sounded like he was Kellen. I, I'm going to have to shut my mic off because I think I have to sneeze. Give me a second, everybody. Yeah, no problem. Uh, 6.40 here in Edmonton, by the way. Looking at the uh, out-of-town scoreboard quickly, the New York Yankees up on Toronto. Top of the fifth, free nothing. You did a great job, Kellen. Perfect. Uh, sorry, everybody. <laughs> Not a problem. I seriously had to sneeze. I didn't want to do it into the microphone. I feel like I was giving a profound answer to a profound text, and I lost my train of thought. Hating to lose or, or liking to win. Yes. There we go. I do think the Oilers hate to lose. Uh, I, I do think that's a pretty strong emotion if you saw them today. But, yes, there, there's still going to have to be an improvement on defensive details, and now it's getting these final couple of steps in the playoffs. It's not, I mean, look, they're not terrible. We're not talking about them trying to go from 28th place to 18th. We're talking about them trying to stay in the playoffs and stay in that fight as long as possible. And the one thing that Ekholm said that I thought was really good, you have to be comfortable playing in a 0-0 game. And again, for the most part, I think the Oilers showed growth in that situation. 
but you have to be comfortable playing in a 0-0 game and just saying, hey, we're not going to give it away. We're not going to be the team that makes the mistake. We might have to be patient and wait for our chance to make a play, but we're not going to be the ones to, to give it away. They're close. They're, they're close. These are little details we're talking about, but Vegas was better at those details as, uh, as the series went on. 780-496-0063. We'll get to more of your messages, and if you have any phone calls, hit me with those as well. Stuart Skinner might win the Calder Trophy. He is a finalist. He was, I think, one of the most positive individual stories for the Oilers this season, and he reflected on the campaign. I thought it was a good year. Um, obviously, you come in, uh, kind of, a, you come in as a certified backup uh, for the first little bit, and um, my goal was just to compete with Soup and uh, work my bag off every day, get better every day, and um, I got a couple opportunities and tried to try to grab that and had the uh, had the opportunity to play a few more games and uh, try to win some more games, and then uh, obviously being able to start in the playoffs is. Um, is what you want to do. It's a dream come true. It's what you want to, you know, you want to play those big games every single night uh, to try to help your team win uh, win a Stanley Cup. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful for the opportunities that I got. Uh, at the same time, all those, everything that you said, uh, you know, the Calder and you know all the wins and all that stuff that that has everything to do with the guys that played in front of me. That has everything to do with the guys that battle for me every single night. Um, so. I have a huge thank you to the uh, to the players in front of me uh, for for helping me have the season that I had. Yeah, pretty good run here for Stuart Skinner, who also was asked about playing in his hometown. Best time of my life. It was uh, it was so much fun. It was uh, the the fans were incredible. The uh, how the team played was impressive. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, I watched the Oilers growing up my whole life, being able to watch them in playoff series, and uh, it's kind of crazy that I'm the guy in the net, uh, you know, doing that now. So I'm um, very fortunate, very grateful. Um, and, yeah, just, and you know, again, I, I, I have a lot of work to do to, uh, to win a cup next year, um, to help my team win a cup next year. And, uh, yeah, we, uh, we know where we're at. We know, we know what to do. And this offseason is obviously critical. And, um, I'm, uh, but yeah, it, it was so exciting for me to, uh, to, you know, to play as many games as I did, to play in the playoffs. And uh, very fortunate for that. And can't wait to do that again next year. All right. A little bit there from Stuart Skinner, who also, interestingly enough, kept a memento from the playoffs. He kept the memento from the playoffs. He was asked if he kept the broken stick from L.A. in Game 6. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is true. It's uh, in my basement right now. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a spot on the wall to hang it up. So a question for you. In what you described, what was the best time of your life? Why is it important to keep that stick and that memory? Yeah, I think, I think it's, it, it's important for me because a reminder um you know it's a reminder that things you know it, it's life um you know all of us in this room have have experienced it you know things don't go well all the time uh you're gonna get knocked down um you know if you watch rocky balboa movies it's not about how many times you get knocked down right it's about how many times you get back up so um you know we've been down in series you know we've we've lost in the third round lost in the second round uh, when I look at that stick, it shows me perseverance. It shows me that, you know, things aren't going to go well, and it's, and that's okay. 
and you're going to battle back from that. You're going to work back from that. You're going to get back up and, you know, keep fighting. And that's what this team does. Um, so it's a, it's a reminder of, you know, of my teammates and how they persevere and also about how, uh, how I battle back as well. Well, I wish you would have yelled Adrian at the end of that clip. I, I found Skinner very interesting to, to hear from throughout the season. I mean, we've talked before about how he reads Ryan Holiday, who writes about stoicism and Marcus Aurelius and all that kind of stuff. And uh, Skinner's usually pretty thoughtful with his answers and is willing to give us a little bit of insight and talk about learning and improving. Uh, I, I'm going to assume there are some of you who are saying, I don't care. You got to go out and win now. I don't really care about your process, but but I find his process pretty interesting. Okay, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. More from the Oilers and Luke Gazdick coming up. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. By the way, the uh, starting pitcher for the Yankees tonight against the Blue Jays, Domingo German, ejected from the game for having a foreign substance on his hands. It was nacho cheese sauce. No, it wasn't. It was something else. Well, the nachos at Rogers Center are pretty good, Reed. That's, yeah, like for for the for the everyday athlete, what foreign substance would you have on your hands to get ejected from the game? Cheeto dust. Pro- probably, <laughs> probably some sort of something that's on chips. Yes. Yeah, indeed, for anyway. sure. Ah, yes. Uh, well, back to the text line. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, now I can't stop thinking. It'd be hard to pitch with nacho cheese sauce on your hands. The, the ball would slip out of your hands, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And well, also, it certainly wouldn't come out the way you intended. <laughs> You'd also, I, I think, uh, the the old baseball trope of uh, baseball players trying to, you know, readjust their uniform after each pitch or throwing out stuff. You wouldn't be able to do that because you get nacho cheese all over yourself. You'd have you'd have cheesy pants. Yes, it wouldn't be good. And it's nacho cheese, so it'd be spicy too. So <laughs> not very good. Nobody wants spicy, cheesy pants. <laughs> All right, Tex, Oilers, here we go. Uh, unknown texter texting in saying, Hi, Reed, how many times have the Oilers scored and within minutes the opponent scores right back? That needs to be addressed for next season. Uh, well, in this series, oh, you know what? I left my summaries in the other. Did it happen four times in this series mm-hmm. where Vegas scored within two minutes of the Oilers? It was at least, well, it was too often. Well, and as somebody said yesterday on Bob's show, the Oilers had the lead in all six games that they lost. I mean, you shouldn't lose every game when you're up one nothing or or two one like they were. What three that a three one lead against LA back in game one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, uh, Lou texting in and says, "Hi, Reed. I re- don't really understand how, as a group, they just didn't get revved up for those couple of games that they were pretty flat in. It was the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, after all. That is from Lou. Yeah, I, I wish I could explain that." I mean, I can I can give the standard answers. Well, they're they're human beings; they don't have it every night, and then there's a reason it's four out of seven. But that is a little that is a little frustrating. And as I've said a million times, Vegas is very good. Some of this, some of the moments in which the Oilers didn't look like they were performing very well, you give Vegas credit; they were doing things to stop the Oilers. Just like in the two games, the Oilers won. You know, did Vegas not play well, or did the Oilers do things that prevented Vegas from getting their game going? Probably a little bit of both. But, it, I, again, if you look back on game one, the kind of the first 30 minutes of that 
game were wasted by the Oilers. They they didn't seem uh, ready for Vegas's quickness. They they weren't moving pucks well. Now I know they tied that game early in the third period, but they were on the back heel most of the night, and that's where I give. Uh, Bruce Cassidy credit, the head coach of the Golden Knights, they thought he really had his team prepared and really had his team prepared specifically to defend Connor McDavid off the rush, which they probably did as well as anybody was able to do the season. And McDavid still got chances, but they probably limited him as as well as anybody did. That's a fair... And that's what I was saying yesterday. That I think that's why this one stings a little bit because there are going to be some what-ifs, right? What if they had just done a little bit better or handled a certain situation in a game a little bit better? And that includes dealing with success. How do you play after you, you score a goal? The Oilers often lost the shifts after they scored a goal and Vegas got back into the game. Mm-hmm. Kim texts again and says, Reed, I was so glad to hear Dreisaitl say there is no place they want to win than Edmonton, and with the current team, that is from Kim. Okay, well, let's get that clip, Kellen, if you have it. Uh, we didn't get it ready, but since Kim... Uh, brought it up, uh, it is 43 point, 43 and a half seconds long, Kellen, is the one called Dreisaitl on wanting to win with McDavid and the current group. Okay, I have it. Here it is. You know, when you go through hard times and, and you kind of stick together and there, there hasn't been any changes to the core group, um, you know, it, it feels like we've really, starting with, with, with Connor, uh, we've really created a culture here um, where it's about winning and, and playing successful hockey and, and meaningful hockey when it matters. And I think we've done a good job of that. So I think when you when you play with certain guys for such a long time, it just with every year like you almost want it more and more because you you you, you just want to win it with them so badly, right? It would mean the world to 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 all of us. But there's a lot of work that goes in, and we're aware of that. And just try and try next year. Yeah, I, I, we often get those questions about uh, you know concerns. So they they won't want to play here anymore. You know they're tired of losing all that kind of stuff. I mean, first of all, this is not a losing team. They didn't win the Stanley Cup, but as Drysdale said, it is, it is now a, a culture where you know, winning is the emphasis and things are done to make sure you win more often than not. Though yes, they have not won the ultimate prize. But as he said, when you lose, it makes you want to win with these guys in, even more. Not to say, well, I want to get out of this group. He's saying it galvanizes the group and makes them want to stick together even more. Uh, I got a couple coming in here, both on mm-hmm. Skinner. Melvin says Stuart Skinner talks a good game, but can he play a good game? Giving good quotes in interviews is meaningless if you don't stop the puck. Skinner didn't do that in the playoffs. I see a lot of defensive mistakes in the playoffs, but they get covered up by goalies. The Oilers didn't get that from Skinner. Melvin adds, don't get me wrong, he's a good goalie, but probably best suited as a backup. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. He does give good quotes. For a radio guy like me, that's good. And, I mean, to be fair, Melvin, I think he made a lot of pretty good saves and played a lot of pretty good games in the regular season. Just didn't really have that signature game in the playoffs, unfortunately. Jason said Skinner is the perfect example of words becoming actions. He says it, he believes it, and he does it. He'll be back stronger than ever next season. The problem in net is not Skinner, it's Campbell and his contract, which is fair. And I I said that during the regular season, you know, what if we're into November and Campbell is still obviously the backup and you're paying him $5 million a year? Well, that's going to be something to consider here moving forward. Okay. 
Luke Gazdick is coming up. As always, he's going to be presented by Avalon Foundation Repair, Western Canada's leading basement waterproofing company for over 50 years, home of the lifetime warranty. More from you at 780-496-0063. i got to grab some uh, nacho cheese sauce. It's Inside Sports on Chat.